Welcome to the first podcast of Ronan the Contrarian. Yes, I'm finally getting around to making it, and I'm joined by... Mietek, Mietek Padovic. Also on Nova Radio Northeast as the laughing, the laughing Time Lord, yes. 6 and 8 p.m. on Tuesday nights, the entertainers. That's Mietek blowing his trumpet. <laughs> so, this is the first attempt, recorded a few things already, haven't we? But this is like the first time that we're sitting down and doing a podcast. So it's probably going to be crap, but we'll get better with practice. So we've got three, broadly three topics that we're going to cover. I don't know what order we're going to do it in, but I thought we'd talk about the whole thing about Trump bombing Syria, which is very recent in the news. I want to talk a little bit about the whole Islam, EDL, Tommy Robinson thing, because we had the terror attack at Parliament, how long ago was that now? Two weeks, was it? Uh, feels like about two it feel, weeks. It feels Might like a, forever ago, because we had like Sweden as well, since. Sure, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, a, a lot's happened. I know that when it first happened, we were going to do a podcast about that, but a lot, fair bit of time has passed anyway, but I still want to kind of talk about the whole phenomenon. Not necessarily the thing in Parliament in isolation, but the whole thing with Islam in Britain and the EDL response and what have you. So we'll talk about that a little bit as well. Like I say, the other topic was talking about the whole Trump bombing Syria thing, which is very disappointing. Mm. And were we going to talk about Brexit? Or do you no, want to we bother? were. Uh, we I, I have not bothered, seriously. Apparently we don't want to talk about Brexit. So we're only going to talk about two things. So, well, which one do you want to talk about first? Trump uh, and Syria? The Trump and Syria. Right, Trump and Syria. Well, obviously we woke up the other day, but it was in the news. Trump had mm. responded to the news of chemical weapons by bombing one of Assad's military bases. This was the big thing, which about three years ago, we had a vote in Parliament because Obama was going to go in and bomb Syria. And Obama's hand was stayed because our Parliament, and they blamed Miliband for it at the time. Some might say, you know, credit rather than blame. It was but, Al um, Corbyn's fault. Yes, before anybody even knew who Corbyn was. But yeah, I mean, that, when, when Miliband... Well, he was, he was, he was blamed by the, the right, by the Tories, for, for not kind of, yeah, let's bomb the... It was more, probably more by accident than design, that Miliband managed to stop that bombing campaign against Assad's forces about three years ago. And when that happened, I remember being kind of ecstatic, high as a kite, it was the best political moment of my life, even more than when Corbyn became leader of the Labour Party and we thought, oh yes, we're going to get a socialist leader of the Labour Party for once. Even that wasn't as euphoric a moment for me as Ed Miliband, through sheer ineptitude, bringing a grinding halt to to the military-industrial complex, basically. So then, two years later, we voted to bomb the other side in the war, the radical Islamists, which just crackers can't make their minds which side we, we want to bomb. And now we're back to bombing Assad again, but this time there was no vote in our parliament, there was no no sort of decision-making process in American Congress or the Senate or anything like that, the president just decided, right, boom, you know, blow them mm -hmm. up. So it's quite disappointing because the big thing during the whole presidential debate was a lot of us were hoping Trump wasn't going to be quite as much of a warmonger as the Clinton, Obama, Bush axis have been. For, and you're for shocked years. and appalled to find out he's just well, as big a warmonger. Yeah, not really shocked at all, to be honest. I mean, it's, I, I, I suppose what I've been saying since Trump sort of won the election is that he's no worse than... Obama, Clinton, Bush. He's no better than them either. There was the potential there. I mean, still is arguably the potential for him to be slightly better. 
But he's doing what American presidents do, and it's not a surprise, particularly. It is a bit disappointing because there was some hope, based on certain things that he'd said, that he wouldn't be so gung-ho for war. And what I found interesting talking to kind of conservative Americans, they sort of see America as the bad guys and what's going on in Syria. And that's surprising to me because I would have expected a, a right-wing conservative American surprises to be all for, well, yeah. for it. But actually, I'm starting... I mean, it could be just sort of the people who I talk to. I don't know. I don't know kind of how widespread that is, but I found it very surprising that probably Can, can I tell you, are, to, to, uh, going back to Yugoslavia in the, when they, they bombed uh, Belgrade, okay... All of my lefty friends, <clears throat> including some of the people I still know now, mm. and 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 if, if it's at all possible, I've probably gotten harder left since since then, uh, and I still maintain the same position. It's very much of what uh, what Nigel uh, Todd uh, also believes. In the case mm. of Belgrade, way back then, what NATO did was the right thing. It was an early surgical strike that took out Slobodan Milosevic's regime without harming hundreds of thousands of people and making everybody homeless and flattening cities. When you wait and you wait and you wait and you wait, it goes a year, two years, three years, the entire country's in flames. You could bomb bits and pieces of it and and choose who your friends are going to be and who your enemies are going to be and it's still going to end up in a morass like this. Honestly, the easiest approach would have been, you know, send in a couple of Mossad agents, kill half the cabinet, there would have been a, a coup and there would have been a nice establishment-led so-called revolution like in Romania. That would have been the end of it. But no, you wait and you wait and you wait. I and then you end up having to crap bomb everybody. Yeah, I've, I've got no idea what you're talking about, to be honest. And, and I don't know anything about Syria either. I mean, w- w- one of the things about about the... Well, well, about anything sort of that happens in, in the Middle East or in, in sort of places, mostly the Middle East, but anywhere sort of outside of the, the sort of Western kind of European American world is something happens in the world. Like, I mean, I remember it was Egypt a few years back when the whole Arab Spring was starting and, and there was revolution happening in Egypt and suddenly everybody became an expert on Egypt. Because, it's tribal politics. Because it's a simple, basic tribal politics. Well, well, it's because people had seen the BBC report and they'd read about it in the papers and suddenly everybody... And, and I remember looking at it and thinking, I know nothing about Egypt. How come all these people who... People who I know... How, um, and I know that they're not experts on Egypt, but how come they're talking as if they are? And it's because they've read these articles and, you, you know... Some and of them I kind of feel this, Al Jazeera for I years. kind of feel the same about about the Syria thing. I mean, and, and with the Syria thing particularly, it's not just that we don't really know what's going on out there. It's that there is so much propaganda, and it's so disorienting, disorientating trying to figure out well, who do you trust? So, so this this thing about the chemical weapon attack, how on earth is 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 anybody? No, never mind, kind of normal people like us meant to sort of weigh the evidence for that. Well, I, I, I sadly cannot count myself in the normal people like us because I worked with a with a future and current regime in South Sudan and, and the military structure and how it operates for better or worse. And uh, I'm more than, than fully aware of the p- potential for bad decisions on both sides uh, within the rebel uh, movement and the government and, and various other groups of people. They're humans, and uh, with 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 uh, with good ideas and bad ideas and instincts that necessarily will lead them, you know, to the really horrible decisions like mm-hmm. using these weapons. Uh, and and if they think they can blame if, the if other they side, have actually being used. I mean, the the, 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 the reports that are coming out. I mean, 
it, what, it's, 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 it's fanciful to believe that they've got, I mean, how much money would it require to, to, uh, to make a Hollywood set in the middle of some, you know, the Arizona desert for argument's sake well, and, this is, and, this and is fake this? It, I mean, it's not even as if, like the videos that they're using to say, oh, you know, very emotive videos as well um, that you see people sharing on Facebook. It was the same thing three years ago when they wanted us to bomb Assad. They were using the same sort of thing where, oh, look, there's a YouTube video. And, you know, Obama was using a YouTube video is is the evidence that this thing had happened. And was it John Kerry who was, yeah, John Kerry did his, his kind of, you know, he went, went onto the TV and, and um, you know, gave a big speech about how we had to intervene and blah, blah, blah. But their evidence was, was YouTube videos. Now, now I don't know anything about chemical weapons, particularly. It's not something I've, I've spent time looking into. And, and this is where it becomes difficult because you get conflicting reports. So you get people who are sharing the videos and say, oh, look at this terrible thing that's happening. And you've got other people who are looking at these videos and are saying, yeah, that's, that's, that's not what happens. Um, See, I'm, so, I want to share... Because they, there was somebody who was talking about they were washing the people who had been affected by the... See, I want to share an experience and, that's relevant to this. Um, and then you might not see it right away, but it is relevant. Mm. Um, several years ago, when I was still involved with the Relief Association for Southern Sudan, and there was a massive, massive flood in Bangladesh, of all places. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was in the office, and uh, we were watching uh, through the internet sort of thing, uh, and, and, uh, on, on, the, on the computer, uh, speeches from the United Nations. And the uh, minister... The Minister for Emergencies and Farms and things like that for Bangladesh was appealing to the UN General Assembly in a live speech, mm-hmm. talking about the entire laundry list of the things that were required. This was a man who was an expert at what he was talking about, and he was telling other ambassadors, this is what we need. Could you do this as quickly as is humanly possible? I'm doing this as a live broadcast in the hope that other agencies are watching this. Mm-hmm. What did CNN, what did Al Jazeera, what did the BBC run with as a pre-recorded? They were had uh, Angelina Jolie coming mm-hmm. in a helicopter in a flooded village in Bangladesh, mm-hmm. handing out fucking T-shirts or mm-hmm. some shit like this. Uh, they they filmed her for five minutes. She got back into the helicopter mm-hmm. and left. And the villagers were then going like, what? Uh-huh. Okay, that's propaganda. That's the way the system works. That's the way they sell these things. The actual decisions can take place somewhere else entirely. We Mm -hmm. could probably live without media as far as government is concerned for the rest of our natural lives because it feeds us pablum. Mm -hmm. I don't believe most of it was coming off the news Mm -hmm. anymore Mm -hmm. these days. Okay, that that is really the problem here. So, yeah, you're going to have these stories on all sorts... I'm not even going to talk about Fox News and 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 and, and ITV. Sorry, not ITV, but Sky. <laughs> all right, because uh, ITV, oddly enough. Well, we're all at this point. I mean, after what's happened over the last couple of years, I don't think there's any media outlet that hasn't been tainted by the distrust of what they're telling us and the, the whole fake news thing. We've got. I mean, speaking of Trump, you know, we've got an American president where they'll say stuff about him and he'll say, "Oh, well, that's fake news. That's fake news." And quite often it is fake news, but then the stuff he's coming out with is um, is often fake as well, you know. And it's and and so yeah, we've got an American president who you can neither trust what he himself says about himself and about what his administration are doing, and his administration are just lying all the time as well. But neither can you trust the people who are supposed to hold him to account because they're full of shit. But then they've always been. I mean, you know, with under Obama, they would they would. Just as untruthful, 
Okay, but so they loved Obama, so we all but, heard about but, what a but, great but, guy but was. But what you're saying is that there's a historical precedent to prior to that. In Canada still, there is a journalistic tradition in which the, the, the so-called free press takes the role of... And, and this, is, this, is, this is to do with, you know, British tradition. Uh, we have a government, we have an opposition, we have multiple political parties that take different positions. We have, we have a press Mm-hmm. That, that goes to the press gallery and asks difficult questions of the prime minister and difficult questions of cabinet ministers mm-hmm. and even leaders of the other parties. Mm-hmm. In the United States, sometime before, sometime after Jimmy Carter, the, the, the idea of who, what, where, when, why, and the role of the, the, the established, North, established American press, be it radio or, or television or, or newspapers... Mm-hmm. They simply rolled over and died. The, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a great thing that came about 15, 17 years ago. I can't remember precisely, but it was a story in the New York Times. The last liberal has left New York. They're sitting in, in, in London writing their memoirs. Mm-hmm. But it was a scathing indictment of the fact that the press, left mm-hmm. or right, had completely abandoned yeah. its, a, its responsibility to ask hard questions mm-hmm. of, of the government. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't done so since. They, they, I, I can't think of a single organ in the United States that asks the questions it did in 1978. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it was before my time, so I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't compare that. All I know is that in, in the last... Well, well I, mean, I mean, I remember when we had President Bush, and um, they were very similar in their approach to Bush as they are with Trump. It's Bush is an idiot, and so you got lots of lots of bits of footage where... You know, he'd, he'd be trying to go through the wrong door and, you know, and as if, you know, if somebody's being videoed all the time, which as a politician, especially like the most important politician, you know, you're going to find bits of footage where you can make them look stupid. They could have done that to Obama if they had wanted to. He's, he's had plenty of gaffes of his own, but they didn't do it to Obama because he was a Democrat. There's a friend of mine online, P- Peter Sean Bradley, and he kind of makes this joke that when 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 Obama got in, when when Bush was replaced with with Obama, um, he would say, "Oh, well, isn't it wonderful? Now we've got a Democrat in the White House. There's no bad news anymore." And now that now that we've got a Republican president again, he's sort of saying, "Oh, well, look, the, the media are actually starting to to challenge the president, which they didn't do particularly with Obama." In, uh, but see, if I, if I'm going to have a go at Americans uh, on the left and the center, uh, regardless. Now, uh, and it's simply this: um, when they have the opportunity, I know how you, I know what you think about Mrs. 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 Potential president who did who, who failed. Oh, the uh, the lizard lady. Yeah, the lizard lady. Yeah, but the fact is that then they, when when the first time she was going to run for president or for the Democratic nomination, mm-hmm. uh, there was her, and there was Obama. Mm-hmm. Now, I was working in Canada at the time in, in politics, and, 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 and uh, the platform for both her and Obama came out. Her platform, whether I agreed with it or not, mm-hmm. was full of actual platform planks mm-hmm. that held together. Mm-hmm. Again, I didn't have to agree with them, but they held together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ob- Obama had a number of platform planks that contradicted, sev- contradicted massively several other platform planks linked together by, yeah, yeah. Uh, brought to you by hope, yes we can. And <laughs> yeah. he would go and make speeches to three separate rooms and say three separate things, all of which that if he was to try to put them into, into practice, yeah. would fail utterly because they would contradict the other one. And mm. then, then when he did finally win, 
Mm-hmm. Who put the actual first year and a half of policy in? It was Ron Emanuel, Ram Emanuel, mm-hmm. uh, from from uh, from uh, the, the 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 Clinton campaign mm-hmm. that had any kind of semblance because they didn't have policy for the first year and a half because they had nothing. Yeah, Obama yeah. is an empty shell. Well, Obama was, an was empty selling shell. the dream, wasn't it? I mean, I remember when when Obama was elected, saying at the time, "America's decided it can love itself again" because they had a, a black president in, in it. You know, it it. it sort of keyed in so many of the the sort of the I would have I would have rather I would have you know what I would have rather had an old white Jewish president Bernie Sanders (laughs) yeah absolutely an old white an old white Jewish president over Mm. the first woman or over the first black Mm. I Mm. wanted a good president yeah yeah, yeah. I don't care whether he or she is a he or a she or a black or a yellow just get me a good candidate Mm-hmm. You know, you don't which tick things. You know, they, 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 but they had. I mean, that exact candidate. You know, the the, the Jewish socialist candidate. They, they had him, and they they conspired against him. And the, the you well, because he, he's a socialist, they, and they did to Bernie successfully. They did to Bernie what they've tried to do to Corbyn, and they're still trying it with Corbyn. So mm-hmm. I mean, Corbyn hasn't escaped unscathed from it. Um, you know, it's by no means certain he's going to be the next. Prime Minister. I'm not spending another summer least, defending him. But, but at least, he's, but yeah. at least he's managed to to become the leader of of the opposition party, which they didn't allow Bernie to be that, even though he had overwhelming support and all the polling. Not that I put too much stock in polls, but you know, Clintonites and Blairites tend to take polls seriously, and all the polls were saying that that Bernie would have beaten Trump, mm-hmm. and anybody would have bloody beaten Trump. Mm-hmm. Anybody would have beaten Hillary as well. I mean, well, yeah, because they were both bad. I mean, that, that was a nice line by David Lindsay when when uh, when it became apparent who the two who the two candidates were going to be. Um, you know, he said they're the only candidates who who could possibly beat the other. Was it that? So it was something clever like that about you know they're the only two possible candidates that could possibly be beaten by the other. Um, <laughs> you know. That's, well, that's there, there's, there's a there's a great meme I saw. I don't know who wrote it, but I mean, whoever it was deserves an award. Uh, you know, from from the last uh, alleged leadership, if if these two are your candidates, <clears throat> how big do you draw the, de- the <laughs> yes, on, yeah. on the ballot? <laughs> yeah, it was a good meme. Huh? Yeah. yeah, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who made that? One? Yeah, I, yes. was, um, I saw it just in private. Yeah. Anyway, we've kind of wandered off onto a sort of discussion <laughs> of American politics generally, but the whole Trump and Syria thing, obviously. I'm I'm very much against sort of the military action in in Syria. I mean, I, I, I kind of don't see why why we're in there at all. But, Actually, um, I'll tell you why we're in there. I'll tell you my, and it's not just perspective. The I've known this <clears throat> for the last three years. I knew this mess was coming. Mm-hmm. Sykes Pico uh, was signed in secret, and uh, they signed they, they 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 split up between France and England. And so, what Sykes Pico? Uh, that. That, that was the treaty that drew some oh, lines right. in the desert. Oh, okay. Uh, right. When World War I ended, when the, right. uh, the, 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 the Arab Republic yeah. was supposed to be born, uh-huh. but instead uh-huh. the colonial powers took it. Yeah, yeah. Right. So um, the only people who didn't get a quote-unquote independent nation out of all of this were the Kurds. Uh-huh. The Kurds uh, have taken this opportunity to actually carve out a fully functioning state with a stable currency, a stable border, a stable armed force, mm-hmm. uh, trading partners. And Iran doesn't like it. Israel doesn't like it. Uh, what about the Turks? What do they make of it? Oh, they hate that too. Well, the, Turks, the Americans hate it. 
Right. And and <clears throat> so right now they're using this as an opportunity to batter these people back and they're confused. I mean, do we help do we help the Kurds or do we maintain Daesh and all the other forces and all the all the fighting to to destabilize uh you know Kurdistan. Kurdistan is going to come out smelling of roses. It'll take 5 years instead of 2 years or you know mm-hmm. the, the Kurdistan will rise. It will come now. Now it's just just mm-hmm. inevitable. But Kurdistan is the reason why this is, is still dragging on. Right. Okay. I haven't actually heard much in relation to Kurdistan. I mean, not that I follow Syria because I, I, the, uh, the, part, partly because there's so much lies, and I don't know what to believe. Watch, <laughs> watch Al Jazeera. The, the t- right. So, yeah. Well, I mean, anyway, getting back to Trump bombing Syria, the, mm-hmm. the, the latest decision to bomb the the forces of Assad on the basis of, uh, of of sort of very dubious evidence about weapons of mass destruction. Not that we've ever you know made any decisions on the basis of what weapons of mass uh, destruction. Yeah. Can, can I can I say I will say this: the World War Two produced <coughs> a, a killing machine called the Holocaust, mm-hmm. uh, in which organized industrial scale mass murder took place. Mm-hmm. As horrible, as absolutely horrible as barrels full of whatever it is being dropped on civilians by helicopters is, right? Mm-hmm. The level of industrialization, organization, and intent required for the Holocaust mm-hmm. does not exist in Syria. They're not that organized. Mm-hmm. This is just a weak regime doing whatever it can. Mm. Uh, they're, they're probably not nearly as strong as they appear. The only reason they're still, you know, teetering there is because the Russians are supporting them. And prior to that, you know, we were selling them weapons. And by we, I don't mean just, you know, Britain, but uh, the United States and France and Germany and mm-hmm. probably Israel. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't say. Yeah, yeah. I would not be surprised if Israel was selling them weapons. Israel is, in fact, probably... You know, the, the the country least interested in seeing Assad go. I've heard, well, you hear all sorts of, again, I never know what to believe when it comes to Syria, but you, you hear stuff about how ISIS is sponsored by, by Israel as well. Um, it's the great international conspiracy. Then, yeah, I mean, you get to a point where... I won't say the other word, because that would make me an anti-Semite. It's kind of... Self-hating. And anyway, yeah. one of the things I want to talk about was a conversation bring it back to a more local level, I suppose, is I, I posted that morning that the headlines were full of the news that uh, that Trump had bombed um, Assad's installations. I kind of posted something fairly sarcastic on online, and it wasn't particularly aimed at kind of people locally. It was sort of a general sort of grumble at the anti-Trumpers um, who, who had the sort of the, 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 the women's march and then the day without a woman. And I think there was a third sort of protest as well but three three sort of huge protests and there had been so it's happening all over the world and there had been these protests in Newcastle as well so um so I I made some remark on Facebook not to anybody in particular just kind of putting it out into the into the void of Facebook saying kind of well you know you guys you all shot your load over sort of women's rights that weren't even under threat and now that now here comes something that's actually worth protesting about 
that's you, you, you know it's an escalation of, of of conflict. You know, people are talking about how oh it's going to cause the third world war and stuff. So yeah, so my take on it was well this this is what we should this is what we should be protesting. But but it's a bit like the you know the boy who cried wolf. You all kicked up a fuss over. This is me talking to people generally. People did take it personally, though, which I'll get on to next, which is fair enough. Um, but you know, the the boy who cried wolf when Trump simply became president and about how it was a it was an attack on women's rights and you know women's women's rights were never under attack. Okay, he made some crude remarks what, 15 years ago, which somebody caught on tape and replayed? Well, I, I would disagree with you. And, the, 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 uh, I, I do have uh, friends and relations currently living in the United States, some of whom are incredibly well-connected with uh, legislative news. And I did fill you in on certain specific pieces of legislation that are being mooted or had actually passed various state legislatures directly attacking black, Latino, and, 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 and women's constituencies, uh, rolling back civil rights legislation to before 1959 in some cases, including the Voting Rights Act. So uh, you're wrong there. Well, I'd like to see documentation for that. I've never, uh, you know I've what? Never the, seen the, the, doc, the documentation is there, Ronan. Okay. Look it up. Well, you know, that, that it's, it's, well, look, it's this, there. This is, this is going to be going out online. We can add links to, yeah. to you, you know, to whatever text we put with this recording. So if we, if we can get that stuff and put it out, I've not seen that. One thing I have seen, and this is why I get... And, and it comes back to the whole fake news thing. Again, you can't really trust what you're reading. I've seen spin from both directions on, on the type of legislation you're talking about where um, you'll hear, for example, that, that they're introducing a law which will allow, for example, an ambulance, a, a paramedic, um, to refuse to save the life of somebody because they're gay or they're a trans, uh, they're a transgendered individual, whatever, on the basis of religious freedom. Now, there is no principle of religious freedom which says it's okay to leave somebody to die if your job is a paramedic. It's like, uh, um, so, so you then get that you get that response from the other side saying, "Well, there's no church in the states that will say you're allowed to leave somebody to die." And and what they're talking about is uh, this is this is this is what they're saying on the other side is they're saying, "Well, this law is about things like you know not requiring somebody to bake a cake for a." Um, celebrating gay marriage if they don't want to. It's got nothing to do with not treating people who need emergency medical care. I, I think, so, I think so, the, the real big problem, the real big problem that, that, that people in Britain have is that <clears throat> notwithstanding the fact that the Tories are not necessarily the nicest people on earth, mm. uh, in fact, they're called a nasty party for a reason, um, and they have been getting genuinely trying to push out the envelope to try and live up to the name nasty party. Mm. The issues that arise here that people get all exercised about mm -hmm. are nothing as compared, and nothing's changed in the United States un, un, until Obamacare came in, and mm -hmm. it was simply this. You're at a party in mm -hmm. New York or Boston or some tiny little village in Miz Missouri, mm -hmm. and, and you cut yourself, and you don't have medical insurance, and you don't go to the... To, to the emergency to get yourself fixed yeah. because you can't afford to go. And so your friends uh -huh. get together and they suture you in the bathroom mm. at 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. Whereas here, 
regardless of what we think of the Tories, you go 999, the ambulance comes, they, they fix yeah. you up here and you go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's, there's a genuine disconnect between just how primitive politically, how 50, 60, 70 years behind the times yeah. some of the Jesus stand states Mm. are in in america and how generally i mean there there, there was a study uh done by by a couple of university types um who looked at at, at voting records and things like that mm-hmm. if you took out the entire center of the united states mm-hmm. on, on voting record and and patterns and and certain other cultural things mm-hmm. there's this ring uh on the coast and the northern parts of, of the country and bits of florida mm-hmm. and you link that up together that would have been like Canada or Britain or yeah, France yeah. or Italy or, or even Israel in, in certain, you know, progressive parts. It's that middle section that has never gotten well, out the of 1950. The, the people you're describing there, they're the ones who largely voted, because I saw maps of who mm. voted Clinton, who voted Trump, and it was largely the, well, California, obviously. Um, I mean, I, I did, I, I don't know if this is true, I did see something saying that when it comes to the popular vote, it was actually California that, would have carried the, well. Well, I did carry the popular vote for Clinton, mm-hmm. um, which I, great argument against the popular vote. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no, no, I mean I recognise what you said. But I, what I, I mean, I suppose my sympathies lie with with the the guys who voted Trump. The, the kind of the, this. Um, you don't have to live in that system, though. This, you, you you've got you've got a welfare state sure. here that takes care of you <clears throat> and it takes care of your kids and takes care. Uh, you know, again, as, as bad as it is, I mean. We don't. We don't have no, nearly got, as bad as Americans do. We've got it pretty good here, yeah. And this is this is um, one of the frustrating things when I'm listening to, for example, Ben Shapiro, um, who's a very bright guy. I'm way brighter than than me. You know, he's been at Harvard. He's he's qualified lawyer. Pretty much is Sheldon Cooper. He's a political version of Sheldon Cooper. And largely, he's very fair minded, very intelligent. But then you get onto the topic of, of well, there's a couple of topics where he seems to go a little bit haywire. But you get onto healthcare. And the first thing he'll start doing is he'll start to demonise the NHS and, and say how terrible socialised medicine is in, in places like the UK. And it's like, well, hang on, hang on. I was, I was born in, in, in the NHS. My mother didn't have to pay any bills for that. Um, I had two kids of my own in the NHS, which couldn't have afforded it if, uh, if we had to pay for that. You, you know, when a member of my family gets sick, you go to the hospital, you don't get slapped with a massive bill. My mother lived it's, an extra two years after they roof cancer from her head, mm-hmm. for guess how much? Zero. Mm-hmm. How much uh, did she? UK, sp- was it? No, that was in Canada. How much? Oh, did, yeah, yeah. How much did you, do you think she spent for her hospital stay? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's the NHS. So, uh, what, what was really? And, and I mean, if if I find the time, I would kind of like to to go and and um, find some of the recordings of Shapiro talking about this stuff. But also a guy called Dan Carlin who does a. Um, fantastic history podcast, but he's got a political podcast he does as well. And Dan did a pretty much a study where he looked into like the comparable healthcare systems, you know, modern Western countries comparable to America and saw how the healthcare system measures up to America. And America is lagging behind them all, despite the fact that they don't have socialized medicine, which is like shock horror, the idea of socialized medicine. They don't even have socialized medicine, which is a fucking stupid way to... It's... it's, it's Bizarre bit of American vocabulary. Well, well you know, if you if you want if you want to use that term, they have socialized army and then socialized uh, yeah, yeah. police. Oh yeah, they're quite happy for for you know. There's oh, we have to have a small government unless we're going to export it to bloody Iraq. For God's sake! 
Um, anyway, yeah, so Dan Carlin, and, and I'd kind of, this the stuff that Dan talks about in the podcast, I'd already kind of gleaned some of this myself just by looking at the stats on online, you know, you can get them on, um, well, through Wikipedia, but they are kind of proper stats through the UN and all the rest of it. But yeah, basically America, despite the fact they have private healthcare rather than the dreaded socialised healthcare, they spend more public money on healthcare than anywhere else do you in, know why? In, in I, I, I'll, I'll give you an example of exactly why that happens. My my uh, ex father in law uh, was a chiropodist, a foot guy, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, many of the diseases of the foot, um, when uh, when treated early, mm-hmm. are a bit icky, you know, because they're feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and but they're treated and they're treatable. However, yeah. if you leave it long enough. Mm-hmm. And it becomes existential threat, right? Mm-hmm. It becomes gangrenous. Mm-hmm. Then you go see my ex-father-in-law. Yeah. And on this dreaded socialized medicine, mm-hmm. you can get your leg chopped off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and have emergency surgery because you're green and you're going to die. Mm-hmm. So people in the United States wait until the very last second. Yeah. When yeah, they're yeah. at their worst, to go to this other tier of medicine, so obviously it's going to cost more. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is another thing that Shapiro will say. He'll say, "Oh, well, you know, it's just not true that people are dying in the streets in America." And actually, I, I, no, they're I, dying I, in corridors and at home. Well, yeah. I mean, I think people are dying in America because of lack of basic healthcare. But he says, you know, you can turn up at a, an emergency room and you'll be seen to and blah blah. And it's like, well, that's okay if you, if it's an actual emergency and a quick quick trip to A and E, the stitch up whatever it is, put you in a cast or whatever. Right. Okay. You know your emergency's solved, and you haven't, you, you know, you haven't been charged for it, or you haven't been back bankrupted by it. But what if you've got something that isn't just a simple emergency, something that's terminal, something that needs lots of money to treat, maybe lots of money just to diagnose it, never mind treat it. You know, your, your average, your average American isn't able to afford it. Now, the thing with Obamacare. God, we're totally off the point of what we were, <laughs> we're going to be no discussing. Tr- was. Trump and Syria was where I was, I was going to bring it back to some of the local discussion. Never going to happen. Anyway, yet. doesn't matter. I'm sure this is interesting for whoever's listening. <laughs> well done if you're still listening. You're going to talk about healthcare. Yeah, well, we're talking about healthcare and, and how people. Well, you know, here, here's a good one. I was watching a TV show years ago. Um, uh, it was um, the, the fashion scene uh, thing, and then there's a storyline. Uh, where the Scottish woman is lying in bed in the hospital in New York City, mm-hmm. and uh, and her her boyfriend there is going like, oh well, Mrs. Winsorp uh, is 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 uh, threatening to do this this and that, and if you don't cooperate, and so she won't pay you, and she says, oh my God, says the woman, well you you'll have to do whatever that she says because I, a Scottish person with UK citizenship, can't get my particular disease sorted out and she just get on a bloody plane fly mm-hmm. back to the uk on the nhs mm-hmm. where there was never any danger to her but because it's an american show they could never actually say mm-hmm. that all the woman had to do was fly back yeah. to glasgow mm-hmm. check herself mm-hmm. into a hospital and get sorted for six weeks so this was a reality tv show no no no, no. it was a scripted drama all right okay yeah yeah because I, I hear from from some of my American friends, you know, Breaking Bad, the scenario where Walter White, he's a teacher, and he caught, he, he he gets um, he gets cancer. It was Ugly Betty, by the way, this show. Right, right. Mm. Uh, I never saw much of that way. 
But um, yeah, what 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 my American friends say about um, about the Walter White scenario is that actually because he was a teacher, he would have had pretty good health coverage, and and it just wouldn't have been a factor for him. Mm-hmm. And actually, somebody else—I uh, was just reading this the other day—somebody else pointed out that actually fairly early on in series one, I think it's within the first couple of episodes, he's actually offered a really really high powered job with the company that. You know, he's got the uh, Grey Matter or something, is it called? The company that he founded. Okay, I never watched um, the show. And, and, and his, oh, right, well, and anyway, yeah, so so actually he, he didn't have to go down the route of, of cooking crack, you know, and, and, and selling it to pay for his cancer treatment. Because even if you ignore the plot hole about his health coverage as a teacher, um, he had been offered a really high-powered job fairly early on in the series. So actually, when you consider that, it's not actually about the whole healthcare system in the States, which they set it up as. It's about the fact that Walter White's actually, he's quite an evil fella. Um, and then that's what's kind of fascinating about the character anyway. We are totally off the point here. What I was going to say about Obamacare earlier was um, before Obamacare came in, and now that they're talking about getting rid of it, I'm seeing a lot of poor Americans who are getting treatment now, who are saying, like, if, if you take Obamacare away, I'm going to die. You know, I'm just not going to get the health care that I need. On the other side of the argument, um, what I'm seeing from from my friends who are totally against Obamacare and wanting to go back to the old system, they're complaining that the premiums have gone up. Now, it's it's not good that the premiums have gone up. It's not good the way that Obama designed the system to kind of to impoverish people who were previously able to afford the health coverage who can't now. Well, you do understand but he that has ensured the, that the very poorest at least are getting. But you do understand that it wasn't Obama that in, that it, that that designed the system. Mm-hmm. The system. <clears throat> Hillary Clinton, uh, when 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 her husband was was president, mm-hmm. had done a tour and wanted to wanted to bring in Canadian, British, Swedish, etc. Mm-hmm. healthcare. Yeah. The, the 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 insurance companies kicked off and said, "We're not going to have this." And mm-hmm. so the only way that Obama was going to get any kind of health care system was by cooperating, mm-hmm. gun to the head, from the sure. insurance companies who yeah, said, yeah. you know, no, we still have to make money at this. Mm-hmm. So it was never and going to be good. That, yeah, yeah. Health should not be a matter <laughs> for profit. Well, well, yeah. I mean, when, when you think, like, the way the whole system is designed, an insurance system can't work. Because what they're talking about now, now that they're, now that you know Trump tried to push through the Obamacare repeal, and they're talking about things like, oh, what do you call it, when you've got a previous illness, and, and, and the insurance companies will say, oh, well, that's a, that's a prior... It's a previous condition. Previous condition, yes, yeah, so that's not insured. And so you've got the government then mandating, oh, no, you will cover sort of pre-existing conditions, that's what they call it. You, um, in which case, the insurance model doesn't work anymore, because you can't insure... It's it's like me having a, a car crash, and then going to buy the insurance for my car crash. That doesn't work. So, but the solution isn't to go back to what they had pre Obama. But you're not a car; you're a human it's, being. You have a right to get fixed. <clears throat> well, well, I mean, this is the other argument. Oh, there's no right to healthcare according to the American rights, and it's just like, well, even if that were true, which it isn't, it's it's patently false. It goes totally against all of this Judeo-Christian stuff that they're so into, which I'm into as well. Um, you know the idea that you don't have a right to to be healthy, and the way it's—I mean, it's, you have a right to security. I, though Jesus said, even, Jesus said there was a right to security. Obamacare is a mess, and I think kind of that's a bit of common ground between us and, well, certainly mm. the American right, the, the the sort of the poorer Americans who are actually surviving because of Obamacare. Well, you can't blame them for wanting to keep hold of it because you know it's the. <laughs> 
it's uh, it, it's 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 literally keeping them alive. But yeah, the, I mean, what what America needs is an NHS, not this nonsense about trying to trying to create a health system through through a load of middlemen selling insurance. It just doesn't make sense. You need doctors, not insurance salesmen. Anyway, we've gone totally off the point. I want to talk about the whole Trump Syria thing? So the comment that I made the other morning, which Keep trying, got, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I'll get there eventually. We'll get there eventually. We'll have to name check the people who, who were talking to me because we're all good people anyway, even though we had a little bit of an argument. Um, so I made this sort of sarcastic remark about how kind of, you know, you've all, you've, you've, you've shot your load over women's issues with Trump, you know, and, and here's something that we now really need to demonstrate about. There, there needs to be a fuss made over and nobody's going to be interested because they saw you protest over nothing, massive protests over absolutely nothing. Nobody... Nobody was threatening any women's rights. Nobody was saying that, you know, we're going to remove employment rights for women. Nobody was saying, you're saying that actually... Actually, they were, they were. But, they, um, were. but they, they hadn't actually done it yet. But <clears throat> there were executive orders signed and there were legislative things going on through various state legislatures. Uh, there's 50 states. But that's not what I... That, 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 but to be fair... I never... I, nobody ever sent me... For all the stuff that I was reading about... Trump and about um, sort of the demonstrations and the rest of it. None of the coverage and none of the people who were so active about it online. I've got friends in Britain and There's in America. There's a handful of who, sites. I can give you the links. Yeah, give that, me the links. Fantastic. But the issues I was seeing you know, coming from this. those protests weren't kind of odd oh, that there are some state legislatures who are pushing through um, laws which are removing protections for, for minorities and women and all the rest of it. What I was hearing was abortion, 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 abortion. And this is where where I've, I've obviously had this disagreement with, with the guys locally, because what came out of this discussion was I'd said this thing about the, the demos, kind of poo-pooing them a bit. And, you know, it's fair enough. There's kind of a little bit of a defensive reaction from um, from Tony Dowling, from Ben Sellers, from Alex Snowden, who, who, you know, all sort of respected figures on the left in the Northeast. And, and you know, and, and they are good at getting the numbers out for demonstrations. But what I was seeing for the Women's March and then the Day Without Women was that it was just decided by by this kind of lefty movement that abortion was was the big thing that they cared about. And I'm not going to go along with that. My mom's not going to go along with it. My dad's not. Well, you know. to, to be fair, to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, decisions were made about another issue as well uh, <clears throat> at the height of the whole uh, purge at Feel the sense of change of direction in the conversation. Mm. Uh, these the, the time of the purge when everybody was on about how labor, uh, uh, you know, the Inquisition was, uh-huh. was 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 barring people to, to, to from voting and, and <clears throat> stopping them yeah. in key sections. The mm. the people who had the opportunity to start an actual protest movement mm-hmm. outside of the Labour Party chose not to move on this. Sure. Well, that's true, because I, I approached, I mean, some of the people I've already mentioned, but I, I messaged a few of the guys who are known locally for organising these big demos who can pull the numbers, which, you know, I, I do, I, I am impressed by the fact that when, when Corbyn was first under attack, when, when um, with the vote of no confidence by the, by his own MPs, it was impressive. There were... Six there, to 10,000, depending on who you believed. I have photos. In Newcastle? Yes. There were that many in Newcastle. I mean, I was there. I wasn't aware that there were that many. But yeah, it was it was a pretty big crowd, you know. Massive. Um, and, but then when I approached the same organising clique and said, 
are you going to do anything about about the purge? And the response I was getting was kind of, oh, talk to such and such, but I don't think we'll get the numbers. I don't think anybody cares enough about it. Um, so, actually, I mean, this makes it even even worse, actually, talking about the Trump thing is, you know, they wouldn't stand with me and other people who were purged from the party back. Well, during- there's nothing like making uh, an issue that could be made personal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to, I, I hate, but look, you know what? Uh, today, today is, is a couple of days before Passover. And, and, and <coughs> traditionally at Passover, there's a whole bunch of things that happen, but everything that you, you pull out the whole poem, uh, you know, first they came for the comedians, uh, and I said nothing because I wasn't a comedian. Because you were funny. Because I worked in the radio. And then they came after the, the record producers, but I said nothing because I worked in the radio. And then they came after the people who worked in the radio, and there was no one there to defend me. You know, mm-hmm. that, that, and, and mm. people know which poem I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. yeah. And so, basically, the threat was, was direct. If you were going to raise your hackles, if you're going to do anything, yeah. you will be the next group of people culled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, <clears throat> you know, the, and, and the, at the end of the day, the Blairites have kind of they've succeeded. They've made the Labour Party pretty much irrelevant. They haven't got rid of Corbyn the way they'd like to. But, um, but you know, very few people outside of that. I mean, I mean, yeah, OK, I'll vote for Corbyn sort of, because there's nobody else there, but the people who weren't there in the trenches fighting this, and who just see it from the outside, and just see, oh, it's a lot of daft fighting between... I haven't been to a Momentum meeting or a Labour meeting since November. But this, but, you know, bring about this this discussion about the the Trump thing, like, so these people who organised the local Trump demo, they, they weren't interested in protesting against the purge, and then suddenly, they've got this massive movement um, against Trump, and I'm I'm kind of I'm looking at the sort of the the pictures and, and like you know all this all the organising stuff that went went into sort of the the run up to the to the demo, and um, and I'm seeing a lot of pro abortion stuff basically, which like I'm I'm gonna have nothing. I'm not gonna go stand next to somebody who's waving a placard saying you know that 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 this is a human mm. right. It's it's not. It's you know, and and at the same time. That those that that the women's march was happening. I mean, it might have been at the women's march that that Nazi guy in the states was punched, or the guy that they say is a Nazi. I don't know much about him. The white supremacist fella um, with the funny hair, Nazi and he got, he got he got punched. And so suddenly, there's a conversation online: Is it okay to punch a Nazi? Um, and so all these kind of you know what I call cisgendered panty wastes online. They're all um, they're, they're all boasting about how they want to punch Nazis and how oh yeah. Um, and I'm thinking, well, hang on, you you guys are you're demonstrating for for the right to to kill the unborn, which isn't even this this so-called right isn't even under threat, but you're still sort of marching for it. Um, so, you know, when I was having this discussion online, I, th- I think it was I, 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 I didn't specify what the issue was. Tony knew full well what the issue was. Uh, yeah, but your ben Sellers is, knew full well what the issue was. Your problem is that that your 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 sentence is an oxymoron. You're having a discussion online. This never uh-huh. happens. It's not. No one discusses no. anything online. Well, look, they, all, they they become well, these, yeah, these it, beasts. It, it descends into yeah. But any, anyway, you know, somebody all... somebody says Nazi, and then <laughs> you lose. <laughs> well, I, well, I was I was called a sexist. I was called a sexist because I didn't take the women's march seriously. Um, but no, no I, I kind of take your point about the tone of online discussion. But no, I'm glad I, I had that. I had the. Uh, I'm glad I got a reaction basically out of Tony out of. Out of Alex, out of Ben, um, I think Connor, Connor 
what is Sir Connor Hudson? He's got a double by Brunish something. Yes, you know, I, I, was I, can't, of, I can't pronounce it. I was glad, if you're listening, Connor, you're well, a great guy. I, I was you. glad that I, <laughs> for all that they were disagreeing with me and telling me that I was talking crap and nonsense, and you, you, you know, they weren't very complimentary. But I'm glad they said something to me, so because because it kind of it means oh, they they respect me enough to actually disagree with me. It's when you're being ignored that's that's worse. Um, and as soon as, but they did start ignoring me once I said, "Look, the issue is abortion," and, the, and then and then the conversation ended. And it's like, well, what you know, what the, what the hell do you do then? But you can't just you can't stand alongside a lot of you know a lot of people who it's not just that you've got that that they disagree with me on abortion; it's that they're, they're militantly in favour of it. You know, no. No justification for it. It's a woman's right to choose. There's no rationale for why they should have this right. It's just you know, um, and it. So this is what was getting me. Um, was everybody's talking about punching Nazis, and I'm looking at the people on their march. And I'm thinking, well, that's what you've got in your placard there. The, this this so-called woman's right to choose the the human right to kill your own child. Well, that's that's fascism. It's one of the things the Nazis were into. And you're telling me that you guys are going around punching Nazis. It's like, you know, so I think, I think the way Tony, I think it was Tony who said, well, look, these people stood with us as if kind of, oh, we didn't, we didn't go out and stand with these people. Either. But like, if, if, a, if, if I was to <clears throat> organize some demo of some sort in town tomorrow and a bunch of EDL guys turn up or a bunch of Britain first and the national front and, you know, the um, combat 18, I'm not just going to shrug and say, oh, well, they stood with me. doesn't mean that I stood with them. It's like, kind of, if you're attracting this, this, this nasty ideology, which says kind of female liberation is dependent upon their right to kill their children, which none of the suffragettes believed in, by the way. Mm. And, there were, and, and, and on the, the day without a woman, they're all sharing memes about suffragettes. Um, and it's like actually every single bloody suffragette who they were sharing the picture of and they were celebrating every single one of them was against abortion because they understood that it was, it, it was, it was a means of controlling women. It's, you know, in telling them that there's something wrong with their body's ability to create babies and saying that there's something unhealthy about it. And, oh, anyway, you know, we're not even allowed to have the discussion. And, and so, no, so, so the demo that happened today, what's today's date? Cause why not? When, I think it's, it's the, the 10th. Yesterday was the ninth. It is. It's the tenth. Yeah. Normally, so, I have no idea what day. So we've seen that that there's a demo today in town um, against the the Syria thing. Now, while while I'm against Trump's bombing of Syria, I don't really want to go to their demo, even though I agree with them on this issue. Because because I don't understand how can you, on the one hand, say, "Oh, it's wrong to bomb these women and children and innocent people in Syria." We can't even apply that same logic to our own children in our country. And we're saying, oh, let's... And and I agree, we shouldn't be bombing them. And I agree, we should be welcoming refugees in. But how can you say, let's welcome a refugee in, when you won't even welcome your own child in? And you're holding on to this ideology that says, oh, I can kill my child at any point until birth. It doesn't make any sense. It totally undermines the the left's sort of self-image of of being caring. However, I, 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 you know, much as you want me to comment on this, I do want to separate (laughs) even that and I'll, and I'll give it to a a different point. And it's simply this, Mm -hmm. those of us on the left who believe that people should have the same 
privileges and choices that we do in Britain, in mm-hmm. Canada, in Australia, in France, in, in Poland, in Germany, mm-hmm. we should actively be creating the circumstances through force of arms and through negotiations and through every other means available to us, obviously arms being the absolute last, to create the same conditions in Syria and Iraq and in other dictatorships, be they left mm-hmm. or right, where people can have free and fair elections, where people can have mm-hmm. an education, where men and women are equal, etc., etc., etc. Sometimes you do have to draw, drop bombs. Sometimes you do. Most of the time you don't, but mm. sometimes you do. And you know what? You have to recognize that moment and you have to act on it then, not two years later or five years later or ten years later mm. when it's all so much drips of water into an ocean that mm. accomplishes nothing but death and destruction and chaos, which mm. is what this is doing. Yeah, although I'm not convinced that had we <clears throat> dropped bombs any sooner. that well, I didn't I'm, actually I'm, say, I suggested at the beginning of the show we just sure. poisoned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> or killed them. But, I mean, or something. The tr- I, th- I think it's the nature of violence is that it is, it's it it's infectious and and you um it's not it uh, it's not often that an act of violence calms things down. <laughs> it usually usually just spreads the violence. There's there's possibly circumstances where where if the, you, you know if you apply force in a particular way you nip it in the bud, but. We're way past that with Syria, and I'm not convinced that you know years ago when when we were talking about bombing Assad and Parliament voted against it, I'm not convinced that would have nipped it in the bud. I think it would have just and, and what we're seeing. Well, actually, Syria that, at, that, at that moment, what was actually happening, and, and the, the opportunity was lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, if ever there was a coalition of the willing inside uh, Syria, mm-hmm. where there were actual uh, citizens groups that were to the extent that you want them, by definition, to be democratic, mm-hmm. right? That was the time to support them. Mm-hmm. They were undermined. They were undermined. And when the, the longer they went unsupported, the longer they were attacked by the regime. And people mm-hmm. said, oh, no, we can't help them because that would be wrong and we can't do anything in a military mm-hmm. fashion. That, By the way, that includes some of my friends in Stop the War. Mm-hmm. Uh, who now going on, oh, well, these poor people. Well, those poor people, you had a chance to help them at the start. At the start, we were three weeks away from a change of regime. And there was a, a, a I can't remember the exact circumstances, but things occurred mm-hmm. where basically the regime said, oh, wait, you guys blinked. We've won. They won. They won in those three mm-hmm. weeks. <coughs> well, I, I mean, again, I can only say that I don't... I don't, I don't know enough about what's going on in <clears throat> Syria to actually trust that that's true. Cause well, my, 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 I, my, my general rule of thumb is that I, you're not I, going to improve I, the situation I, by throwing I watched, bombs in I watched, I watched, uh, and besides watching Al Jazeera, there, there's a number of, of sites going back, you know, about 15 years now, uh, accepted, uh, you know, decent diplomatic source sites mm. from the United States, Canada, the UK, France, uh, I can't remember where the other one is, that had all of this information there. Mm-hmm. But the fact is that most people, except for like journalists, don't read these sites. Mm-hmm. And, and which is really too bad. I, I think we should you know, get rid of the rest of this and uh, just have people read those. And then all those other newspapers will you know, go down the pan. People go and, can go continue reading about who's, who's you know, doing what to whom on Corey. 
and that's all fine and good. Mm-hmm. But if you want news, go to those sources because mm-hmm. it's unfiltered information. You can make up your own mind about it. Mm-hmm. That's where I've always been going. I don't have to agree with it, you know, or, or the analysis. But the, well, if the, you've the, got the, links to these sources, then we'll we'll, we'll add them to um, yeah to whatever text goes alongside this uh, this podcast because I've I've not read whatever you're talking about. Um, Some of it is years but, old. I'm not going to remember all of them, but you know what? Yeah. I'll give you the basic ones. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, even even if it's just sort of something to form the basis of, of further conversation on this. Mm. So, <laughs> getting back again to obviously, I'm quite angry with the women's march thing, mm-hmm. but I'd be interested to know what the numbers were that they got out in Newcastle today because I doubt. Okay, it's a, what what is it? It's a Monday night. Um, I doubt the numbers that they got in their emergency demo against Syria were as big as the numbers they got for the Women's March. I'm pretty sure that the women who were out on the Women's March and and, and with their placards, with their pussy hats and, and, and sort of, you know, giving it all mm. this about, um, about the right to choose and all that, I don't think they're out protesting about Syria because actually those people, they wanted Clinton to win. <laughs> and if Clinton had won... She would have gone ahead and bombed Assad anyway. Mm-hmm. So, so of course they're not going to protest that. So, I think, I mean, I don't know. I've, I've only seen a handful of pictures from the demo today, but it looks like there's not many people there, and it looks like these people who were standing with our our friends, our comrades during the women's march and during the whole anti-Trump stuff a few weeks ago. I think those people have dropped away because they sort of they had their initial sort of you know petulant kind of outrage over the fact that Clinton lost. Um, well, if Chi Onwura had been there, there would be a photo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> if Teresa... Uh, <clears throat> Teresa, there's a Teresa, Teresa uh, artist student, Teresa. Was, was she there. at the Women's March then, um, Chi Onwura? Oh, yeah, she was. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I bet she was, yeah, yeah. Of course she was. Um, uh, so, I mean, and the thing is, although I'm kind of... I, I probably sound as if I'm having a real go at, at Tony and, and the guys who organised these demos... At the time when the whole anti-Trump thing, the Women's March, was was in in on social media when it was in the news and all the rest of it, um, I do remember thinking, kind of, oh well, I'm not so much bothered about, you know, I don't condemn those people because they're doing what they would do anyway. The, you know, these are people who kind of their thing is that when there's an issue they want to raise awareness of, they organise a demo and they put it out there, and so they're doing what they always do. Fair enough. I was quite cynical about all these other people who you never see on demos usually who suddenly turn up and they've disappeared now because they're not bothered about Syria, they're not bothered about war. They were bothered about the fact that a woman lost the presidential election. I don't think they were bothered about abortion rights particularly. It gave them some sort again, of to scream is... about. But, the, you know, but that, but they were bothered brings... about what the headlines had told them to be bothered about. But, that, is... brings, but that brings me back, it brings me back <laughs> to uh, with the, the original point I was actually trying to make where I sort of got lost, much like... Your your point yeah, about yeah. Iraq or Syria, <laughs> but but it's this: uh, when 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 Clinton and Obama were running, mm-hmm. one person, one person mm-hmm. in American media, mm-hmm. Oprah Winfrey, had a choice. Mm-hmm. She could have supported the first potential woman president mm-hmm. or the first potential black president, <laughs> right? And she chose Hillary Clinton. 
No, sorry, she didn't choose Hillary Clinton backwards. She chose the first black president. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, despite the fact that this is a deeply intelligent woman who has a television show and writers and researchers, mm-hmm. she has to talk about issues every single day. Mm-hmm. And she went with a guy who was about hope and change because we can, uh-huh. because. She's black, and he's black. It's so that America can love so, itself again after and so, Bush. You know, that's what it was Hang about. other women. It was tribalism. Mm-hmm. It, instead of female tribalism, well, it was black tribalism. Yeah, but she, if she, 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 if she she'd a, chosen Clinton, though, then you'd have been saying the same thing except the other way around. No, so no, no, like, no, I, I never liked a, I, No, no, I'm sorry. You can't say that because I never liked Obama. Not, <laughs> not from the beginning or to the end. I well, never liked well, Obama. No, no, I mean, I, well, I never liked... I, I can't say there's been any American president I've seen you like. Rahm Emanuel was the best thing about that presidency, and he came from the Clinton camp. A nice Jewish boy from Chicago, the most corrupt town in all of the states, <laughs> for Democrats at any rate. <clears throat> he still managed to get some decent things done. The entire policy book is his. Well, the other thing I wanted to talk about, because I think I've said what I want, because really what I wanted to get out of my system was kind of that I'm kind of irritated with the left in Newcastle and, and the demos and the fact that they stood with what was essentially a big pro-abortion march, a global pro-abortion march, and and they think that's fine. And it's like, well, no. If it, you, you know, you're not going to discuss this issue. You're just going to assume that everybody believes the same damn thing, and um, and like, you know, you shouldn't be surprised when. Sort of see the fact is, well, 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 I, I'm, I'm going. I'm going to piss off you, and I'm going to piss off people, um, because my opinion is grey. On this, and it's simply this: uh, when it comes to things that are carved in stone, slavery. There's never going to be a, a piece of legislation in this country that's going to bring back official slavery. We've got a monument to Lord Grey, the uh, Prime Minister, who, who effectively brought slavery to an end in this country and through ripples the rest of the world, inshallah, at some point. Uh, however, abortion rights—you mm. know—the the, the, the right of a woman to control her own body. Assume the following. It's a union between two human beings. Um, there is a, a result of a child. There are multiple reasons why the pregnancy occurs. There has to be a discussion sometimes between the person who is pregnant and the person who made them pregnant. Because there are relationships and things like that. There are whole layers layers within there where people can agree right to this point and to that point going back. Mm-hmm. And because it is so complex, yeah. closing the conversation off on one particular area and saying, no, yeah. you shall never talk about this again, yeah. is well, really wrong. Well, that's, that's, that's the issue I've got. It's, it's kind of, okay, people don't agree with me, big deal. I mean, you know, it happens mm-hmm. all the time. Um, well, I'm going to get you know, wrong you know, on this, by the I, way. I, I, I can think of maybe one person... Who who I agree with practically everything on. I was all of my friends, um, <laughs> but uh, no, I better not mention who it is in case uh, <laughs> they hear she will bar you. Case, well, they might no, lose the, their job. Uh, <laughs> um, You're not my priest. But, uh, <laughs> I'm not yours either. So. Oh, that's what you just said. Isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. That's that's the issue. Is that the conversation is shut down immediately? People don't like talking about it, which is not surprising. It's a horrible thing to talk about. But you can't shut down discussion and then just assume that everybody is going to go along with the the, the sort of the, the you, you know the pedestrian sexual mores of of twenty first century Britain. It's like, no, sorry, if you're not going to have the discussion, then 
then then don't have a position on it. So momentum, for example, shouldn't be adopted. Not I'm a member of momentum anymore, but it kind of annoyed me that momentum did it recently. You you know put put another pro abortion thing up on their page, and uh, obviously I've had arguments with Ben Sellers in the past about the fact that Red Labour was just assumed Red Labour had this this pro abortion position. And so if you're not going to discuss it, then don't adopt a position on that issue. If you're going to adopt it a position, then you have to discuss it. You can't just shut down the discussion and adopt a position and say, oh, because basically what they've done now is is I, I feel very much like, um, you know, I could kind of live with the purge. I could live with the fact that Dan Cabetti and, and Pidcock and Tony and whoever else didn't give a damn about the fact that, you know, I was purged and all the other people were purged. Won't bother having a demo about it. Nobody cares about it. No, nobody will come to a demo on that. That kind of didn't bother me as much as the fact that they then stood with all these kind of middle-class liberal women who who talk about kind of white privilege and male privilege and blah, 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 and they're kind of fiercely defending this privilege of theirs, which is abortion, which isn't even under threat. And But it's part I'm, of the left-wing orthodoxy <laughs> in this country. Well, exactly, yeah. So, you know, un- unlike sort of the orthodoxy of our church, you know, I bloody discuss it. At least in the Catholic Church, where I would discuss this stuff, where I would disagree, you know, you'll not change the minds of the establishment, but at least you can discuss stuff. Whereas now, when it comes to abortion on the left, it's like, no, we're not going to discuss it. And if you don't agree with us, then we'll just demonize it. Like, like when Paul Nuttall became leader of UKIP, the worst thing that they could say about him on question time that night was that he was, he was anti abortion. It's like shock, bloody horror. Um, you know, Laurie Penny and, and whoever else was on that night. And so, oh, he's, 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 a, it's like, well, excuse me, guys, you know, all you bloody lefties, I'm, I'm anti-abortion as well. So I'm as bad as Paul Nuttall, am I? Because I don't think you should be killing babies. Anyway. Okay, <coughs> so we're going to call it a day there for that because we've been talking for over an hour now. Um, so we didn't get onto the whole Islam Tommy Robinson parliamentary terror attack discussion that we want to have. I'm sure we can do that on another night, on another podcast. Uh-huh. So we're going to finish up now. So if you've listened this far and um, thank stuck you, with congratulations! Yep, <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. um, you win a prize, which is uh, another podcast in a couple of days' time or next week or whenever we get around to it. We might do this with wine the next time. Um, no, probably not. Um, <laughs> Strong coffee and antidepressants. That's all I need. Um, what will we so, yeah, so thanks for listening. Um, the whole point of the podcast, from my point of view, is to start conversations slash arguments and to get a response from people. I certainly don't expect people to just sit and agree with me because that would be really boring. So if there's something that we've talked about that you want to respond to, disagree with, even agree with, get in touch. You can email me at ronanthecontrarian at gmail.com. Uh, it's an email that we've set up specifically for the podcast. Or you can get in touch via the Facebook page and group. Or you can, um, what would be really nice, if you want to record a voice message of some sort and send it to me, that would be fantastic as well. And There's some of you out there who will be listening who have already said, You'd like to appear on one of the podcasts, and that would be fantastic if we get a bit of a conversation going with all the people locally who are interested in politics or even further afield, If because uh, I know I will have some listeners over in the States and elsewhere in the world. So you've been listening to me, Ronan Dodds, and you've been listening to... 
Mietek Padovic, a.k.a. The Laughing Time Lord. You can catch me on the radio, Nova Radio Northeast. It's an internet station. Uh, download the app, and I'm on live 6 to 8 p.m. every Tuesday, UK time, and I play a lot of great music, rock, punk, ska, and I talk about gigs. Join me mostly for the music, and I'm going to have some great musical guests uh, talking about you know what they do. And uh, don't forget, Ronan wants to have a good... Arguments, some good crack. So send them some, you know, yeah, yeah. argumentative tell, things. Tell me what you want to argue about. Yes, um, let's all have a good argument. Otherwise, I'll just make up my own stuff to argue about, which probably won't interest you. Um, anyway, yes, thank you for listening, and I look forward to doing this again. It's been most enjoyable. So good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs>